What happens if you get your timing wrong? Because, my friends, timing is everything. Enjoy this clip. Hi, welcome to Zion. My name's Phil, and it's a privilege to be with you wherever you are, zooming in to watch what we're doing and being part of our community. Uh, we're in a series called Pilgrimage on our journey to deepen our connection with Jesus. And we're speaking about different aspects of pilgrimage, and I really do encourage you to check out the series on our YouTube channel, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and follow along so you get the fullness of the message. Don't just take one piece of it, but take the entire picture so that you too can go on a pilgrimage with God. And we've talked about it through Christmas, the Christmas season, the New Year season, and now we're into the next few messages. What I want to do is I want to connect you to a prophetic word that was brought into our attention. It was brought to our minds. It was, it was highlighted by the Holy Spirit in a prayer meeting late in 2022. So that's a timestamp. And the timestamp's important because for us as a church and especially the leadership, as we um, curate and steward the words that God's given us, it's really important that we we take note of the timeline. So it might not matter to you, but it certainly matters to me as a church leader. Here's the word. We were praying. And through Joshua chapter 1, uh, when we get to verse 3, this is what we really sense, the, the Holy Spirit quickening our spirits to connect with. Uh, the Lord says here, in verse 3, I promise you what I promised Moses. The Lord is speaking to Joshua, the successor of Moses. Wherever you set your foot, you will be on land I have given you. This is a key word for us. And I want to pick up on that because that's the beginning of a, a new season in the pilgrimage of the people of Israel. And I believe uh, for, for Zion, for our community, for our family, uh, I believe this is a key word for us and, and uh, we're going we're gonna to be careful in how we, how we look at that. But, but here's the point I want to make. Because as we head into a new year, uh, I'm proposing to you and I'm proposing to the elders that there's a, there's a key word for Zion for the year 2023 and it's this, advance and occupy, advance and occupy. And it flows out of this key word that came to us in prayer meeting, that we felt the Holy Spirit quicken our spirits and highlight, that we grabbed hold of. And as we've continued to pray into it, we really feel like the Lord is setting us on a journey, on a pilgrimage. And uh, we're going to see him go before us. Now, what I want to do today in this message is I want to unpack just a few thoughts around holding on to this promise and walking on a pilgrimage with the Lord. And I'm going to point it back to you at the end to make sure that you're connecting it to uh, the journey of Zion and make sure you're connecting it to your personal journey as well. So come on, let's walk through this together. My first point that I want to share with you today comes back to that video clip that I shared at the beginning. Uh, the poor guy just completely got his timing wrong. Uh, it's really, really important you don't turn up to an execution late. Uh, but I don't think that it would apply to you or me. But, but, but here's my point. Timing is everything. What happens if you're late? But what happens if you're early? 
Here's my first point for you. Obedience is staying in step with God. Obedience is staying in step with God. And I've got two thoughts to share with you around this point. And the first one is, when God says stay, he means stay. When God says stay, he means stay. So sometimes obedience is to wait, it's to pause, it's to hold back. And uh, I want you to think about two examples of that. The first one is the Passover. The very first Passover celebrated by the Israelites was a meal. And they gathered in the home. But the Lord said, get in your doors, paint the lintel with blood, for the spirit of death will pass over Egypt. And where the spirit of death sees the blood of the perfect lamb, it will pass over and the firstborn shall not die. And, and so the idea was that if you, if you didn't get your kids in the right house and you didn't stay preserved under the covering of the blood, uh, then the death would come upon you. Um, I, I want to think of, of, of a different example. I think about um, Jericho, the story of Jericho in uh, Joshua chapter 2, particularly when the spies go into Jericho and they're hidden in the house of Rahab. And she takes care of them because she says, look, I know that your God is the God above all gods and that he has made a way for you and that you have destroyed nations. Uh, he has destroyed nations on your behalf and we are afraid of you. And would you preserve my life? And so the Israelite spies said to Rahab, um, we will honor you and we will preserve your life, you and your family, only if you stay inside the house. If you go outside the house, you will be destroyed. If you stay inside the house, your life will be preserved. And uh, as you read the destruction of Jericho in Joshua chapter 6, you'll see that Rahab indeed gathered her family. They stayed in obedience and were preserved. So stay means stay. When the Lord says stay, you better stay. But the flip side of that is when the Lord says go, you better go. Like when the Lord says, come on, get up and go, then it's time. And I love this phrase um, that we see in Exodus chapter uh, 12. No, no, it's Exodus 14, excuse me. Um, because um, the, the Israelites have left Egypt. They're on their way. Off they go. And then they get to the Red Sea. And, uh, you know, when you, sometimes when you take your, your faith from what you see, you get messed up. And that's what happened here. And, uh, and, and, and they were like, crying and Moses is like watch you know the Lord's going to fight for you and then I love this right in um, Exodus 14 verse oh, 15 the Lord said to Moses why are you crying to me tell the people to get moving and, and, and so their obedience was to get up even though they could see the Red Sea in front of them the, the Lord said tell the people to get moving it's time to go and, and he commanded Moses to hold out the staff over the Red Sea. And, and you know the story, the sea parted and doo -doo -doo, they traveled across. They were rescued by the Lord because they went when he said, go. I also want to uh, link this back to Joshua because he's the dude that we're uh, following today. And in Joshua chapter 3, really, really cool. Uh, they've been camping and waiting to cross into what they have carried as a promise in their heart for generations. This is the land the Lord has given us. And he says this in, in Joshua chapter 3, and I'm reading for verse 9. Joshua told the Israelites, come and listen to what the Lord your God says. Today you will know that the living God is among you. He will surely drive out the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Jebusites ahead of you. Look, the Ark of the Covenant, which is the presence of God, the Ark of the Covenant, which belongs to the Lord, will lead you. Now go, choose, 
This idea that when God says go, we better go. We better go. So what's my first point? Obedience is staying in step with God. When he says stay, we better stay. When he says go, we better go. And as a people of God, we want to see him go before us. Well, my second point that I want to share with you today is this, and it's a key one for you. God's promises for us are ours to hold on to. God's promises for us are ours to hold on to. But there's a bigger picture we've got to understand here. But let's first go back to the text, Joshua chapter 1. I would want to connect you back to the verse that I started with, which is really linked to this prophetic utterance that we feel the Holy Spirit has given the church. Verse 2. The Lord says to Moses, Moses, my servant is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I'm giving them. Wherever you set your foot, the Lord says, I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set your foot, you will be on land I have given you. Well, let's pick up a couple of points from this because I'm, I'm really trying to um, drill down, get your attention and cause you to take a closer look at your life and the way God is leading you in a pilgrimage as part of the collective of Zion, but also personally because every one of us is on a journey uh, to deepen our connection with Jesus. A couple of things as I was looking across the different translations of the, of the, of the text of, of the book of Joshua, um, the, the New Living Translation, which is this one here, says this, look, the Lord says, the time has come. You know, in verse 2, um, therefore, the time has come. And, and so, so there's a quickening, like you've got to get that an understanding that there's a now moment. When the Lord says go, he means go. When uh, it's time to stand up, it's time to stand up. You know, the Lord said to the people of Israel, why are you crying to me? Get up! You know, and I think sometimes as the church, we lament too much and we don't move enough. And I sense that there's a building in the spirit uh, for the Lord to say, get up and get going. It's time to advance and occupy. So so let's look at this. Um, but the, the New English translation uh, says this in this verse. It says, I am ready to hand over. So the Lord says, hey, the, the time is right because I'm ready. And, and God is God and, and we don't determine his timing. So when God says I'm ready, we better get in line with that. And finally, uh, I want to pick up on what the New King James uh, Version says. The language it says there is, is that it's about the land, God says, the land I'm giving you. You see, the thing about occupying the promises of God is we think it's hard work. And the Lord says, no, I am the sovereign God. I am the one who brings the power and the grace and the enablement, the unmerited favor, the undeserved grace that I would give you. And the Lord says, I'm giving you the promise. Now occupy it. And this is exciting for me because what it means for us is we can be uh, obedient and responding. When God says go, we go. We position ourselves to move. And then all of a sudden God does the hard work. You know, and we understand the story that God says, I will drive out before you. You know, those nations, those that occupy the land. I will drive out the, you know, um, the way that we look at that, the way that I've been teaching it for years is, is an understanding that God says, I'm going to drive out the issues that are in your heart. I'm going to drive them out so that your heart can be enlarged to occupy the fullness of the promise and the glory that God has for his church. And that's a word for you. And, and I just pray that you receive that in your spirit and say, come on, Lord, I'm ready. I want to be ready. I'm ready to go. When you say go, I'm here. My answer is yes. I'm saying yes, Lord. Now do your work in me. May that be your prayer. 
The other thing that I uh, want to connect with is um, the language that the Lord uses here is really important. And it's, it's guided me as a church leader. He says this, look, I promise you what I promised Moses. I promised you what I promised Moses. So, so the promises are multi-generational. You know, we're not big enough to handle or comprehend the fullness of what God is doing. So God always uses multiple generations in connection to one promise or, or a series of promises, multiple generations to see the fullness of his promise established. So, so understand, look, I mean, this is even bigger than Moses because God had given the promise to, to Jacob, he'd given it to Isaac, and he'd given it to Abraham. He said, you shall occupy all that you see and your descendants shall be as numerous as the sand on the seashore and the stars in the sky. That's the genesis of the promise. And here we have Joshua being asked to carry it for his season. And, and, and what we've got to understand is, is that the connection in the line is important for us. So it's not just about what we carry in our heart. It's what we've been handed by those that come before us. And I know Phil Brown has done a previous message about honoring the legacy that we carry because of the people who went before us. So for us as Zion, this is really important. We hold on to promises that God gave previous generations, that they took the time to capture, to write down, to pray over, to hand over the baton. You know, when I came as the leader here in 2015, I was given these prophecies and say, here, it's yours to carry. And I felt an urgency and an intensity of a, a burden of responsibility, not that I would fulfill them, but that I would carry them well and pray through them. And there are numerous promises that God's given us around uh, a new sound of heaven being released through our community um, and uh, apostolic training and development of apostolic people. We'd be a company of apostolic people. Those are two key ones. There's, there's um, a ministry that will come. The Lord said to me one day, this is, a, this is a taste of what you'll see in the future as we prayed and prophesied over these young adults who were moving into the next season of their life. And I just wept before the Lord. Um, you know, there's other encounters that I've had with him that he's, 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 he's sort of created something in me to carry an expectancy and anticipation for what he's going to do. Because God's promises are ours to hold on to. All right, He's going to fulfill them, but they're ours to carry well. And so what I'd say for you, this is what Zion's done. Now the question for you is, uh, what does that look like for your life? What are the promises you're holding on to? What is God going to fulfill through your willingness and obedience to go when he says go and to see him bring his strength to your circumstance? We'll get to that in a minute, but... Now, I want to move to my third point. Well, as I wrap this up, I want to bring you just my third point. It was a short one, and, and that brings me back to the sense I have for 2023, which I want to speak about next. The, the word that I, I'm, I'm proposing to you, that I'm carrying, uh, that I'm weighing carefully, that I will submit to elders, is advance and occupy. Advance and occupy. You know, if you read the story of the Israelites as Joshua led them, into the promised land as they defeated Jericho and they had a bit of a trip up at the city of Ai and then and then the Lord corrected them and, and saw victory and then they move into different territories. The Lord went before them and dealt with it. But here's what I want you to understand because this is important for your journey. Let's look at verse 4 of Joshua chapter 1. The Lord had already said, I remind you, wherever you set your foot on the land, I have given you, verse 4, from the Negev, uh, wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west including all the land of the Hittites. Well that's quite specific. Here's my point. If you're going to advance and occupy you need to know what you're doing. 
You need to know where you're going. You've got to have your eyes open. You've got to have a clear and specific, defined vision. And, and so what I want you to do is to be really careful about going back to the Lord and saying, Lord, what is it that you're actually saying? What are you saying? Because he was really clear here about the boundaries of the promised land. And you know, the worst thing we want to do is try and occupy territory that's not ours to occupy. And so um, get down on your face before the Lord and say, Lord, I need you to be specific about my life. And then I want to, I want to encourage you with verse 5. The Lord says this, No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Oh my goodness, how much do I need to hear that? Oh, I don't know about you, but that encourages me because I'm like, man, I'm, I'm trying to make my way forward. I'm trying to navigate you know, this uncertainty of life. We're still living and 2022 wasn't as exciting or as, um, it certainly wasn't as um, liberating. <laughs> we weren't living as freely as I wanted to. You know, we still had restrictions and problems and even just this month, sicknesses, rampaging families. And, uh, and yet the Lord says, I will not fail you or abandon you. So if we're going to advance and occupy, we need to know the Lord's gone before us, but he's also with us. And the beautiful picture is as the Israelites went through the desert and the pillar of fire by night and the, the pillar of cloud by day, the presence of the God, of God of Israel, the God of all gods, the God of all creation. And as I was just reading in my devotion time this morning, our Lord was saying, you know, that, that go before the Ark of the Covenant, go, the Ark of the Covenant will go before you. And the Ark of the Covenant was the symbolization of the presence of God with the people of God. So as you consider advancing and occupying, uh, we're going to talk about it in a minute, but I want you to think about what is the Lord saying specifically to you? Uh, because he wants to be specific. And secondly, uh, be encouraged that the Lord says, I will be with you and I will not abandon you. Amen. Well, look, as we land this together, I want to first speak about Zion. Then I want to hold a mirror up so you can have a look at yourself. Uh, what, what does 2023 look like for Zion? And as I consider this message, the pilgrimage we're on and, the, and the, the places the Lord has already specifically told us to set our foot in 2023, I wonder what it means to advance and occupy. And, and look, let's look at 2023. We will be moving locations. We are moving to what we call the Zion Hub, uh, which is in the center of town and establishing a new footprint there. The Lord says, wherever the sole of your foot shall tread, I shall give you that place. But I want you to think about it this way because some people are thinking well we're losing our building we're losing our profile we've always been here and those are true statements but if we thought like that the Israelites thought like that they would have stayed in Egypt and uh, so what I'm thinking what if we say that this is part of our advancement and and it's part of our journey and it's part of our pilgrimage because we do believe the Lord is leading us Um, let's not despise the season that God's calling us into but let's embrace it in order that he would do his work in us to prepare us for the next stage because none of us know what happens beyond the hub we're just being obedient with what God's asked us to do today we believe that God will make a way. He will not fail us. He will not abandon us. He will drive out the enemy before us. He will provide the finances that are necessary. He will bring the people so that the church will flourish. And he will enable us with his grace and his provision to serve the town and love with the gospel of Jesus in practical ways. So let's not, let's not wish that we're back in Egypt. Let's move forward together and let's occupy the territory God's given us. 
The second example that I want to talk about is Temple and Table. We have been on a very interesting journey for two years, uh, well, just a year and a half, where we felt the Lord say to us, gather together in the building, temple, and worship together. Worship me. Gather together around a table, have fellowship, and grow together. And so we have this model of doing life together where we gather in the temple and we gather in the table. Now, it's not the same as what we were used to. It's not the same as a corporate gathering. It's not the same as a big building with a band and lights and smoke machine and everybody sitting in the same room. And that's different. I understand that. But God is transforming us. God has called us on a journey. The elders are certain that we're holding something that the Lord's asked us to do. It is really uncomfortable. But would we consider that it's part of the advancement? Would, would you consider that God is taking you on a journey and as part of Zion, he wants to prune you. He wants to transform you. He wants to bring you into a new place of connection with Jesus because that's the goal of a pilgrimage. We must allow God to grow us and uh, Temple and Taylor is part of that. So prophetically, what does it mean for Zion moving into 2023? When the Lord says, every place you shall set your foot, you shall occupy it. I feel like the Lord's saying that there's going to be fruitfulness in what we're doing. So I'm anticipating fruitfulness at the hub. I, I, I can't define it. I don't know if that means people or if it means ministry or if it means connection in the community. I don't know. Uh, but, but what I do know is the Lord's called us to go and that he said he will he'll make a way. And so we've got to trust him. Uh, what does it mean for uh, the, when the Lord says, you know, advance and occupy, and he's called us to do temple and table. And we're going, well, this is hard because I'm, I'm, I'm not used to this. It's different. And, and, and I just have an anticipation. And, and the elders, as we prayed through it, and we spent, trust me, we've spent some time uh, on this one, uh, but really felt the Lord saying, anticipate fruitfulness. Anticipate fruitfulness. And, and so I have to hold on to that promise. I have to trust the Lord. And I know that it's only by his grace and his strength through his spirit that we're going to see these things accomplished. Uh, so that's what it means for Zion. Now I want to point that back to you. And I want to say to you, what does it mean for you for 2023 for you to occupy your promise? What does that mean? Uh, Kathy and I were just speaking about this uh, this week as I was preparing my heart to do this message and and we've got some stuff we're talking about with our family for 2023, uh, specifically her and me. Uh, and, and, and we're just like, well, what does it mean to do that? What is it that God has said to us? What is it that we're certain we hold because it's a promise God gave us? And we need to go back to that. And, um, and, that's, and that's the key here for you. So firstly, um, go back to what you know God has said. What has God said over my life. Maybe you're going right back to the day you were baptized and people prayed for you. Maybe you're going back to the meaning of your name and what it means to carry your identity. Uh, maybe you're going back to an encounter time that you had with the Lord where you, you were radically um, impacted by what the Lord was doing in your life. And, and, and you know, um, <laughs> in a pre-meeting reason, we we're talking about, you know, the trials and the endurance that produces, you know, the glory of God. And, and it's like, well, you can't have a testimony without the test. The testimony of Jesus comes from the test you go through. So maybe you need to go back to that test and say, what was that about? What was that season, Lord? And what were you, what were you building and growing in me that I might then serve others in the same way that you serve me? Uh, and look, finally, I would say this. If you don't have a promise, if you're sitting there, you come up with a blank and you're like, man, this is... Oh my goodness. Uh, well, look, seek help, you know, sit with someone else and, and, and just join your hearts in prayer and say, Lord, would you speak to us? 
and, and often lead people to, this is in essence the beginning of prophecy, but I, I lead people to do this. I just say, Lord, we know you're a loving father, that you love us as children. What gift of love would you like to give me today? And he's a loving father who will not withhold his love from you. Um, and, and Jesus taught, you know, Lord, which father, if his son asked for bread, would give him a stone? You know, if you're asking God for a gift of love, he truly will bless you in that way. And, and ultimately, you know, as, as pastors, we're here. Uh, there's a team, elders, shepherds, there's others in the church uh, who would be willing to sit with you. So don't be alone. Gather with someone, reach out, ask for help, get a promise, hold on to that promise because it's time to advance and occupy. It's time to move ahead with God and see God do a wonder work amongst us and ahead of us that we might move into what he's prepared for us. You know, I pray God richly blesses you. I pray that, you know, you'd feel his presence uh, this summer, uh, wherever you are. um, And um, may you know that God is walking with you. So be blessed and I look forward to catching up with you real soon.